0: I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. Hi there, fiber friends. Thank you for tuning into the Fiber Artist Podcast today. I am so excited to introduce my next guest, Aurora Joanna, the artist and curator behind BIPOC Macrame and Black Fiber Artists on Instagram. Aurora is such a fascinating person. I can't wait for you to hear her story. We chat about adventures that brought her to making macrame jewelry and finding her way out of the cult she grew up in and along her divine path in Central and South America and even being ordained as a priestess. She's got some crazy stories to tell. You can find Aurora's personal Instagram and shop Instagram at String and Hearts and her shop on Etsy under String and Hearts Macro, where she sells her beautiful macrame art and jewelry. She is quite a busy lady. She's a new mom, and she has her own podcast on Instagram that brings together fiber artists who are also moms called the Naughty Mamas Podcast. That's naughty, uh, K-N-O-T-T-Y, Naughty Mamas Podcast. Aurora interviewed me last week on the Naughty Mamas Podcast, and it was so fun sharing a side of myself that I don't share often. I got to tell my birth stories with my two kids and, um, you know, how it is to juggle kids in a small business. It was so fun being on the other side of the uh, interview seat or whatever. Um, I hope you'll check that out after you listen to this episode and give her a follow. Now, without further ado, here's Aurora. Thank you for coming on my podcast today. I had such yeah. a blast on yours. I guess real quick, if you can just introduce yourself, tell people your name and um, where they can find you online. Absolutely. Um, my name is Aurora. My
1: business is String and Hearts Macrame. My website is stringandhearts.com. Um, I named it after my favorite succulent, <laughs> String of Hearts. Oh, yes, um, which I cannot keep yeah. alive.
0: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do, Yeah, I'm struggling too, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do macrame. I've been a macrame artist since 2010. And I also I also manage two BIPOC repost pages, which are BIPOC Macrame and Black Fiber Artists. And they're just nonprofit support pages for
0: people in the fiber art world. Awesome. I love that you're doing that. And I definitely want to talk a little bit more, more about that um, after we get into your story, because I'd love to mm-hmm. know uh, just your background and how you sort of found macrame in your life or fiber mm-hmm. art and how did yeah. that all come about?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess for starters, I'm originally from um, Atlanta, Georgia. I say Atlanta. I'm I'm from the suburbs, just north, about thirty minutes north of the city. And I am one of five children. I'm the fourth one, mm. and so. My what ultimately catapulted me to macrame was my love for languages because I grew up just really wanting to communicate with people and I saw language as the ultimate barrier. If I could learn languages, then I can talk to just about anybody, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so I went to school for language, and as soon as I could, I, I started traveling. Um, when I was in college, I taught French, or I'm sorry, I yeah, I, I went and taught English. Excuse me. My degree was in French literature, um, but I taught French English in France for about seven uh, months. And that really just, I fell in love with traveling. And so when I finished college, I went to Georgia State University in Atlanta. And when I finished college, I decided to go backpacking through Central and South America. And right away when I got there, it was like I fell in love with just a tropical laid back environment and much, much easier lifestyle, if you will. Um and so I didn't want to just be a tourist. I didn't want to just go shopping, Mm. museums, that sort of thing. Um I really wanted to connect with the culture and immerse myself and then that way I would be I would be have more access to the language. I would be able to improve my language skills and so and
0: did you speak Spanish you spoke both French and Spanish then
1: um I spoke a little a good bit of Spanish I wouldn't say I was fluent but I had I had studied it for a little bit in college and traveled to Mexico a couple other times so Mm -hmm. conversationally I I got through I got by yeah I mean it sounds Um, like you're
0: you probably have the kind of ear where you pick up languages pretty quickly did you mm -hmm. have did you grow up in a um, bilingual household at all
1: my mom spoke a little bit of Spanish. She had a love for it, but nobody was fluent in my family. Um, mm-hmm. I was the I was the first one to really. I, I had, being the fourth, all my older siblings they came into the language studies, and I would always go steal their books and just like browse through it. I was really passionate about it. That's <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. So. I really wanted to learn Spanish to a fluency level, and so I just started connecting with the locals, and everywhere I went, there was the artesano community, so the artisans, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the artists. They're just out there. Um, public space is different in a lot of these countries. It's not 100% legal, legal to just be out there vending without a license or a permit, but mm-hmm. in a lot of the tourist, uh, touristy spots, they allow it because it brings an economy to the place no matter what, so... Um, they'll maybe have sweeps every now and then of like the enforcement, like to try and shoe people from, from sitting out and bending for too long, Mm -hmm. you know, but a lot of these places, they'll, they'll sell you a permit for cheap as well. And so there's a lot of artists that are just out there. And so I connected with a lot of these individuals and I, I saw macrame and I just was like, oh my God, they're painting with string and jewelry, macrame jewelry. It's like every single color, you know, under the rainbow and the strings. And so I just, I fell in love with her right away. And I met a girl from Canada. She had lived in Brazil for like three years, four years. Mm-hmm. And we were just hanging out. And she was like, you know, if you want, I'll teach you some. And so she oh, taught that's me. that's so cool. So while you were yeah. there, you, you learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while I was there, I this trip... Uh, overall was about 11 months
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I started in Costa Rica and by the end of it I wound up in the Amazons in Colombia. <laughs> I was there for two months and um, this trip it in- included um, illegal border crossings. I was oh illegal in, in, in Ecuador for about two months. <laughs> I met a girl and uh, she taught me Spanish and macrame and we, we were in love for a little while. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it was very adventurous. My Spanish, needless to say, got really good by the end of it and then, yeah and then i also had reached a level with macrame where i could pick up a stone i could wrap the stone and make it into a necklace into a bracelet or you know whatever my mind i had learned enough at that point that i could start creating my own designs
0: okay. um do you remember this- uh, what country you were in when you i guess first when the um when your interest really started like when your interest peaked the most where you wanted to learn like, do you remember um, what country you were what, going through at the time oh it's it probably was a whirlwind that, like hard to remember yeah. but
1: <clears throat> i would say it was at the very beginning in costa rica okay because every place it was like a game for me everywhere i went i'd be like where are the artesanos like what i'm gonna learn this time and i would go and i'd see their their party or their like board of all their different designs that they had and i'd look and i'd look and i on a be like, okay, they're doing really cool stuff. And then we'd hang out for a little bit and then I'd get the courage and say, would you mind teaching me something? (laughs) You know? And it it wasn't immediately. I wasn't just like, teach me, teach me, teach me. You know, it was like, because I was there for a week or two, I would see a lot of the same people and we'd go drinking or we'd hang out on the beach, you know? And so I was making community in each place I went. And the average was about one to three weeks I was in each place. And I went... Colombia, Panama, um, co- I'm sorry, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, Ecuador, back yeah. to Colombia. Yeah. And and then when I, so when I came back, I had like learned the basics of doing jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the bracelet patterns and whatnot and wrapping stones. And when I came back to the U.S., uh, I met a lot of people prior to, Prior to leaving, that were in like the hippie festival community. Mm-hmm. And, and is, this this, in, is this in Georgia or is this somewhere? This out? is back in Georgia. Okay. This is back in Georgia at this time, back in Atlanta. And also, a lot of them were like, you know, you could go to music festivals and just take your jewelry and sell it, and it's tax free. You're just walking through the campgrounds, vending. Yeah. That's, yep. that's, a, that's a great idea. So, from being a traveler, like in South America, and just learning it, I then went to. I don't know if you can hear my son. He's I thrashing know, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got his toy cars up in his high chair. <laughs> um, I transferred from traveling to doing festivals and vending there. I was. I was mostly doing a lot of earrings because they were smaller and like easy sales. Mm-hmm. But I started doing hair wraps as All well. Right. Yeah, um, and people love them. I mean, I still run into people today that are like, oh my God, I still have this hair wrap that you did for me. I had to cut it out of my hair because once I put them in,
0: they were, they were yeah, permanent. they're partnering.
1: Yep. <laughs> and so I had so many people like years afterwards, like, oh my God, I still have this crystal, this hair wrap. So that was a really special part of my journey being able to connect with people. And every time I would sit with someone to do their hair, we'd always get to know each other and chat and just like, I don't know it felt like it was very much of a, a spiritual journey and before i go any further i have to say part of what propelled me to go to latin america was on the one hand um languages and traveling but on, a, on another hand i was raised in uh pretty much a, a cult like a christian religious cult mm-hmm. and you know,
0: what didn't what uh de- it, it was denominational. Non-de-
1: non-denom- non-denominational mm-hmm. and when I say that there's always going to be good people everywhere. Right. And so I'm still in touch with a lot of people that I know from that community. Um, however, just like, how things went, it didn't, it didn't harmonize with me mm-hmm. after a certain point in my life, I was started coming into myself. And I just, I felt it wasn't inclusive enough for my
0: beliefs. Yeah, yeah. And so Girl, I, all, I mean, all... I've gone through the same thing. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I totally understand.
1: Yeah. So from that point, that was like post middle post college. And so when I went on this trip, it was very much like a, a spiritual journey for me. Mm-hmm. I'd heard people talk about ayahuasca and plant medicine and like, Oh, you know, you go on a self, you know, find yourself journey go to the oh, you were an and... early adopter i
0: have to say cuz now it's all about ayahuasca and that kind of yeah. thing like that's all i'm hearing nowadays um mm-hmm. when i listen to podcasts and stuff and it's made it's made me really want to try it um mm-hmm. like something i would want to do maybe mm-hmm. even like with my husband but he is a complete like he, he's super square. He's the square mm. person I know. So like, <laughs> I don't know how he how, how he would ever manage doing something like that. But yeah, um, it's I mean, it sounds like just a really sort of healing, wonderful thing. Have you tried it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, did it, I did it multiple times in different settings um, by myself with one other person in ceremony with a group with the um, music and everything. And I would say by far, um, with the with the music, with the drumming and the rhythm mm. and somebody that it, it, they're basically taking you into like a dream state yeah. right and so um if it's too loose of an environment there's too many distractions it's it's hard to get into that headspace right. and then they also recommend like changing your diet a little bit before and that just helps to like because you're most people purge mm-hmm. you, have a, yeah. you know really uh throwing that process and to like release things that no longer serve you and so if you have heavy things in your digestive tract i ate kale and you think okay that's let's not heavy really? in uh, no it not was good coming vibrant. up oh my god, <laughs> god it was so rough coming up i was like no. Okay. <laughs> okay no dark leafy yeah. greens you know <laughs> um tmi but um Yeah. So I went on this journey and it was very much like a spiritual journey. I just wanted to find a new understanding of truth and love Mm -hmm. and the universe and uh, a new belief system or way of believing that like really resonated with where I was going.
0: And And so so before um, you went, before you took your trip, did you go on a mission to do that? Or or was it just by happenstance that while you were there, you met the right people and...
1: Um, I, I very much went on a journey. I'd actually had a vision of meeting someone and I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what his purpose was going to be. Um, and I was into this guy, I was into this guy at the time, you know, those young men who just want to have fun and not take responsibility, whatever, let my feelings get caught up in the wrong way. And, um, that propelled me into a period of celibacy as well so it was like very much like okay I gotta get my head straight but before going before going I talked to his mom because she was the first person that I knew that was in touch with like spirituality like energy and like energy work and that sort of thing I'm like okay I'm coming from religion and like my parents only understand this much so maybe talking to someone else would give me insight and she out of the blue was like, "Be careful in Ecuador," and I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm not going to Ecuador." And she's like, "My guides keep telling me be careful in Ecuador." Oh, and when wow. I was when I was in Costa Rica, would you believe, within like three weeks of being there, I met this guy, and we were like smoking joints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was working at the um, at a bar on a restaurant on the beach. And out of the blue, he's like, "Do you want to go to Ecuador with me?" And I was just like, "My the ghost of me just is like jumped out of my body. Like this shit is real. <laughs> Excuse me, this is yeah. real." You know, I was like, "Oh my god, I guess I'm I'm being led on a journey here." And so I was following spiritual breadcrumbs the yep. whole way of yep. like, okay, like what is what am I meant to learn in this circumstance? Right. life and presents
0: it. It's really quite yeah. beautiful in that way as yeah. long as you have your eyes open and your heart open and you're like to receive certain signs they, they kind of just happen don't they it's so
1: they weird. do they do it's so special every now and then i'm like i miss that you know i know because like, now with motherhood
0: i mean it's kind of hard to have yeah. that openness anymore you know well, i don't know about you it's, it's, hard. Just, it's lifestyle it's, matters, it is but. hard yeah, yeah
1: it's, we're so spread out it, it takes a certain energy and a mindset to be able to access that and yeah we went camping this past week and it was i i think i got it back. Oh, but good. um but anyways yeah so this trip was very much so me following spiritual breadcrumbs listening to the universe and like seeing these new lessons and, and these new ways of understanding life and so um everyone i met every single turn i took i really feel was divinely guided yeah and um yeah, so I'm I met this guy in Ecuador. He actually found me once I stopped looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had gone searched all over the country, from the Amazons to the mountains to the coasts and all around. And I finally came back to this little city in the Amazons and I'd stopped looking and he found me. And um <laughs> it's been a while since I've told this story. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so he turned out to be a Haitian witch doctor. And he, uh, after a couple days of him reading me and like seeing what my vibe was and like I, he like invited me to have a drink with him. And I told him that I had, had, uh, I had had a vision of him and he told me he'd had a vision of me (laughs) and then he like blessed me and like, I, I don't know, maybe like initiated me as like a priestess and um and so that's just been my path ever since oh is wow like, <laughs> is um yeah just listening to spirit and um bringing that to everyone yeah
0: <laughs> oh my gosh how beautiful and what well, and how did you two meet like it was um, just like but by- was this on the beach you were saying it, um, no this is
1: it was in the amazon yeah and i was i was out bending and i was i was with the colombian girl that i was seeing and oh so you were still of, sell- you were selling stuff at the like while you were self, traveling i was uh, oh, okay. i was i was learning how to make things mm-hmm. and I, and i'd have like a sleeve of bracelets or like um just minimal right anytime i'd make something i would still have it out there i was not making a lot of money because i was i was just in my first few months of doing it but i would make a few sales every now and then and because of just the economic difference there i was able to get by with like 100 dollars a month wow. you know it it wasn't hard to
0: Damn. to be
1: yeah. It wasn't that hard at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, um, um, yeah, so I was out there vending one day and I we came, I, <laughs> it was right around like, uh, the, the earthquakes in Haiti. Okay. I don't know if you remember that there's yeah, earthquakes yeah. out there and traveling as an American, I got a lot of discrimination because American, they just saw us as like, Oh, you guys are just like, exuberant wealth and mm-hmm. like don't appreciate like the hard working cultures and all that and so i got to a point where i was lying to people about where i was from because i didn't like discrimination yeah. i didn't have a lot of money i wasn't living the typical american dream i was trying to cre- create something different and so um i started telling people i was from haiti <laughs> Not realizing that the guy I was going to meet was from Haiti as well. Oh, God. So I started telling people I was from Haiti. And I, I was in this town, and I it was I was there for, like, three weeks. Just like, okay, where do I go from here? I don't know what to do. I searched everywhere. And I was going to this coffee shop in the morning, and they were really nice family. So I was like, this is going to be my morning spot. And um, this guy came in, and he saw me, and he was like, where are you from? And I said, oh, I was from Haiti. And uh, he's said, oh, you speak French? I was like, oh, yeah, I speak French. <laughs> And uh, and then he started asking too many questions, like, "Oh, really? You're from Haiti? What's the currency in Haiti?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." Oh no, <laughs> he got me. But oh, he was just feeling no. me out because he actually had this friend who was from Haiti. And so, within a couple of days, this guy came in and he was like sizing me up, and he was like, "Oh, really? Okay." And he's like start talking to me in French, and I was like, "Okay." And so then later, I was like on the strip with all the Art was selling. And the guy came by and he shook one person's hand and he shook my hand and he sh- didn't shake anybody else's hand. And I was like, that was a really weird interaction. Like, who is this guy? I was like, that guy who was in the restroom, this, the restaurant this morning. he knows? I'm not Haitian. <laughs> he, he's he's covered me out. Like, what does he want with me? I'm right. Out. Like, what's his uh, end game here? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I thought he was Colum I don't know. I thought he was something internationally wise, nationality wise. and nationally wise. And the guy, the other guy who shook his hand, he was like, that guy's not from wherever. That guy's from da, da, da. He's a witch doctor. And as soon as he said that, I was like, this is the dude from my vision. Like, he found me. And I was still like, you no, know, hesitant. Like, what is, what's going to happen? Like, is he going to like teach me herbalism? Like, I have this like in my mind, like, what does all this mean? I don't yeah. know what it means, right? Wait,
0: can we take a step back? When you say you had uh-huh. a vision of him, like what, how did that present itself?
1: I'm so curious. Um, I'm like, I might interrupt you a lot because this is like such okay. a fascinating
0: story. Um, it's okay. Um,
1: I was, it was Halloween. Um, and I was staying at this like hippie community in Atlanta and we were having like a party and there were psychedelics involved and it was very much like a ceremonial. We were all sitting in a circle and my little brother was there it was the first time like sitting in ceremony with him and, um, I just remember like there was some like tribal drumming music that was playing. And so as, as the journey initiates, I'm like, I closed my eyes and I just like, I started seeing this like man, like running, you know, and like, and it was like just flashes. Like, and they were in sync with the music. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I just saw his like face. It just like flashed in my face. And I was like, huh, that was really weird. And then it did it again. And I was like, huh. But then that was it. And I just was like, who is this person? in My dream, I was, <laughs> my first thought was like, Oh my God, is God black? <laughs> <laughs> but that was a joke. I was just like, Ooh, who is this? you know like, this is so random. I've seen some person's face in my like vision. Anyways. And so I couldn't make sense of it until all these other bread comms were laid before me, like, oh, you're gonna go to, Am- to Ecuador and oh, this person is actually a witch doctor. And then and then when I went to have a, a drink or a, I didn't even have a drink, I, they were playing pool. Right. He had Mm -hmm. a friend with them. I had another friend with them, with, with us, um, another woman. And, um, yeah, we just sat down and it was actually pretty quick. Um, and then we, we went to go leave and he was, he still was like feeling me out. He was like, okay, well, you know, if you want, we could go, we could go use all this and we can go like take people's money and like, you know, like, I don't know, make, take advantage of all this. And I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, that's not my path, man. Like, yeah, I see it me like that's not that's not what my path is and I have no interest in doing that I'm still just following spirit and seeing like what what I'm meant to how I'm meant to help what yeah. my service is right what what my gift is and so one of the other visions that came to me was the maiden mother in chrome it's like the crescent moon the full moon and the crescent moon which represents the three parts of our of evolution, which is our maiden self, our youthful self, mm-hmm. like young, 21, young, wild, well, free, you know, um, the mother self, which is, has service. Like you have this period of like either with a business or actual family and motherhood or, yeah. and it's not, it's not just women or cis women. It's anybody. We all have these three parts of, of personal evolution within ourselves, mm-hmm. And so then the final crescent is wisdom and maturity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this vision just kept coming back to me um, throughout it all. And so now with motherhood and entering that service phase entering that like how can I give back and um, In 2019, I really started having that like pull for like community Community family just like an intimate connection with people with humanity um, As I've been traveling for so long without my own home
0: base mm-hmm. that I, I was like I need to plant some roots Right. So you were and... still were you still in South and Central America at this point? And... Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were there yeah. for a long time I was in Central
1: America for about 11 months. Initially, I okay. came back, uh, in 2010, in the summer. Okay. Um, and that's when I got into festivals, um, starting on the East coast and then little by little working my way back to, to the West coast.
0: Okay.
1: Um, this was 2010 and actually 2011 after a year of festivals, I moved to New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I was in Brooklyn for a year. Um, And I was, this was actually when Etsy first came out and Instagram first came out and it was before niches were a thing, right? Before it was like, oh, I want to look up this topic and all these hashtags will pull me into like millions of people tagging these things. And so it was before all that. So I was like, I was into Instagram for sharing all my art, but I didn't have any kind of community. Um, and I was using Etsy and I had a couple big hits with Etsy as far as like, um, boutiques in new york they were Mm -hmm. looking for small like local artists to buy their artwork and sell them in their shops oh nice and so i I had a couple wholesale collections through that one one was in manhattan one was in marfa texas
0: (gasps) my favorite i I love marfa (laughs) i love
1: it i was super honored for that um and then another one with uh, a friend that had um, a booth at festivals he bought a whole collection from me to take around
0: and so, is I is this was, all ju- was, it's all jewelry at this point?
1: At this point, okay. yeah. I did jewelry probably for the first 10 years solid. Okay. Um I think I had maybe seen some deco a little bit, uh, but it never because of how small a jewelry the macrame is, mm-hmm. I could I could carry it all in a backpack yeah. and I could travel with it and it was super easy and convenient. Um and so, uh I started doing the festivals and selling through the festivals um and the hair wraps and whatnot and In about 2000, and I went back to Costa Rica again, Mm -hmm. and then... That was in 2013. Um, I couldn't afford living in New York. It got too expensive. Yeah. You don't go – Note to everybody out there, do not move to New York to start your business.
0: Yeah. It is too really expensive. Tough. I mean, if you're willing to have like seven roommates and live right. in a 300-square-foot studio, then –
1: Yeah, and you, if know. you have a business plan and yeah. you have it like yeah. – Because I I didn't know about like you know having a business plan and I didn't know like I, I might need another job to – care for my all my supplemental or all my like basis my home and bills mm-hmm. and all that stuff I was just trying to do everything with my macrame and it was working for the first like six months but then it, it just a seasonally sometimes it's a seasonal thing and yeah. it just like it fell off really quickly so I found someone to sublet my room and I, I learned months later wrong person um but I didn't learn until I was back in Central America and I, I was on Lake Atitlan in Guatemala, and I get an email from my landlord telling me they're evicting my, my oh, tenant. Oh, no. And then uh, she committed petty fraud and called oh, her credit. No. She had paid me through PayPal and called her comp- credit card company and told them, oh, this person stole my money.
0: Oh, no. So they
1: re- they refunded her her money, mm-hmm. even though I had a contract and everything, but it was all there.
0: Right. Um, you would have had to go so- through this whole, um whatever, document... Like mm-hmm. sending all the documentation, all that stuff, and when you're abroad, I mean, handling all that is just it's yeah, too much. it was yeah.
1: it was too much, and so I I found somebody luckily to fill in for the remainder of my lease, mm-hmm. um, and then and then I went to Costa Rica because there was I, I knew I could at least make enough money to get back to the states because there's more tourism there, and um, that's when I started dancing and started performing at festivals, and so. Oh. This kind of took me a little bit of a tangent away from macrame for several years. I actually performed for, for about seven years total and my macrame kind of fell on the side as like a, I just did it as I needed to. Because the festivals, with that, it was seasonal. I would do festivals in the summer, and then I would go trim weed in Mm -hmm. the winter. Okay. And so that's how I got into the marijuana industry was through the festival circuit. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, in California in particular, a lot of people that were doing the festivals also had farms. And so that's how I got into that industry. Um, And I took a break from macrame, like I said, until about 2020, really, until when I had my son. And I was go-go dancing until I was four months pregnant. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: Because <laughs> I knew I was going to be popping after that. Yep. I would not be able to yeah. cover that. <laughs> you can
0: only hide you it know- for so long, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. So th- that was a very uh, eventful winter. It was pretty much October. I got, um, I got pregnant and then was still dancing until New Year's. And wow. then co- COVID happened in March. Yep. And so I think by that point, I, because I knew I was pregnant and I wasn't going to be able to go out and do work. I was, I learned a lot about branding and all the different ways to like really set up your business and do it professionally thoroughly. Um, and so I was saving up and I bought the website. I had my nice. friend, I was like, you're going to be my marketing, um, not marketing, graphic designer, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I have slowly been putting together a team to like help me pull it together. Um, and my son was born in July of okay. 2020, and in 20 in August, the following month, I launched my new website.
0: Nice. Um, okay. Wait. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Take it. Let's take a step back. What happened, <laughs> wait. What happened to the witch doctor? <laughs>
1: um, uh, he left after that, and it was pretty much. Oh, that like, was it. It was
0: just like this moment. Like you guys had like that, a moment. It was just. And then... We just had
1: a moment. He did a, a like a, a incantation or whatever, and and then that was it. And. Uh-huh. It's been me just coming into the energy on my own, integrating it, and, and really, like, figuring out what my purpose is. And nobody can tell us what our purpose right. is or how we're meant to help. And and when it comes to, like, um, shamanism, curanderas, spiritual healers, there's so many different kinds. There's yeah. not just
0: one kind, you know? And so um, – So after he sort I, of, like, ordained you, you just carry uh-huh. that with you sort of, like, I'm just, spiritually yeah, I'm just, and, just, and knew that I there was a path. The, Mm-hmm. I've okay.
1: carried that with me, and um when it comes to like if there is actually someone that I'm meant to connect with or some type of healing that is meant to be done, the person that is on the receiving is is the one that determines if the healing comes through. Mm-hmm. It's not me; I don't do it. It's it's only when people are ready, mm-hmm. only when people are asking. And some people feel it. Some people can sense it, and like. Sometimes out of the blue, people would just start coming out and talking to me about things and they don't know why. And like, I don't know why either, but I just listen and like, yeah. and, then, and then I listen and see if there's a message. Um, And so on the one hand, I was like a little, I don't want to say underwhelmed because you don't, you're never going to be ungrateful when you get a gift from God. It's like, you know, thank you. But on the other hand, I was like, I, I'm so lost. Right. What do I do now? Where's my teacher? Where's my guidance? You know? And, it, yeah. and it's we are all our teachers, and every the whole every single soul in the universe is our teacher. Yeah. And it's that path of just being open and being like willing to not only learn but also to be of service. And um, takes me back to my very first vision that I had was um, I saw this woman being, and she said her name was Love, and she was my mother. She said I've always known Love, and that my purpose is to help people know what lo- love is yeah so yeah. like that is that's the core of everything you know it's just love Absolutely. and like and so i try not to overthink it or complicate it and just see what what type of love somebody needs in the moment you know it's like yeah
0: mm-hmm. well i hope i can ask you because i guess now i'm just wondering so because you grew up in the way that you did are you still in touch with your family i am
1: i am and actually that was really um a wild journey um I can't say when it started happening. It just was. It was all every everyone in my family was on a personal journey of their own. Mm-hmm. But one one by one, everybody stopped going to that church, and one by one, everybody started having their own personal journey. Your parents too. They left. <clears throat> yeah, my mom. I think my mom was still actively meeting before she passed away, and mm-hmm. she passed in two thousand fifteen. She had a an aggressive. I think it was pancreatic mm-hmm. uh, cancer. That then also, you know, stomach, all of the organs, but um we found out uh we' right around Thanksgiving and then I went home new year Christmas Eve and then she passed in January so it was really it was rapid yeah. um and a lot of the people from the church were still there to like show you know their love for the family and for her um and my dad is still very much a spiritual person like he he it just is who he is it's and I know I get it from him you know it passes through him but just generationally it, it it expresses its way through him differently than for me because we've lived different lives you yeah know,
0: but did did they like knowing you were going through this journey and um and even like um you know choosing the kind of career paths that you were choosing were they um did they were they disapproving at all or was it because you know i don't know about the kind of christianity you were born into but like mine would not be okay with that i think i would have been hiding my entire life from my from my parents yeah you know
1: i would say i would say that a lot of the people that i knew in that group um they disconnected from me because my reality and my truth that i was coming into posed a threat to their Mm -hmm. reality
0: yeah that's
1: what i would yeah and so my reality posed a threat to theirs and so I I, I can see both sides and it's okay I'm not mad at them for choosing it like if they want their peace like I respect them for taking that space I'm um, not trying you?
0: to Was it hard for you or was it did you feel so um, so like confident and honest that it was easy because I just wonder uh, you know I think I think when you do come into yeah. it I think it tends yeah. oftentimes <laughs> to oftentimes be very easy but also you know there are conflicts and Oh yeah, so I, I definitely,
1: when I initially was like, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the inner pull just of like what you're told growing up, you know, like this is how the world operates. If you do this, it's bad, you know, like just living with that for so long, I had to push through that. Um, and really just knowing that I was going forth from love, I was, I'm like, this is just my heart, you know, and I want to love and my love's not big enough. And I just wanted it to grow. I was like, this sounds really pure of intention. You know, but I would always have to give myself pep talks. The first couple of years I needed those pep talks to really like tell myself it was okay, you know. yeah. And um, I think a lot of people that come from kind of like such a defined reality, um, they may realize it's too confining and they want to try and step out into something a little more open and accepting and so if we're looking at the spectrum, it's like there's the defined religion, there's atheism, which is like the other end of the spectrum, and there's, you know, all these other ones. Um, and so I think for some people coming from the defined religion, it's intimidating to step into this unknown space mm-hmm. where nothing is defined. Mm-hmm. And so people either, they, they're out there for a little bit of like, oh, I don't have that anymore, but they haven't re- reestablished any kind of like, like grounding anchor for themselves, mm-hmm. right? And so, right, so a lot of people either get intimidated by that and go back or find a new way to like harness that like spirituality for themselves i yeah. think it's healthy i think it's necessary and it's healthy even if it's a meditation even if it's uh you go in your daily walks or you have your weekly phone sesh or you know like i think it's healthy to have something that anchors that spirituality and like because and these times we're living in they are very there's a lot of energy a lot of ideas and thoughts and things being thrown around if we don't have our intentions set it's easy to be lost and say well who am i what am i doing
0: yeah but yeah.
1: as simple as, as having our intention and saying this is where i'm going this is wh- where my heart's at we can always check back to that and it's always a grounding sense it's always like a empowering sense like mm-hmm. yeah i am doing this out of love like okay you know and yeah. so um, so i think yeah, I think it's important to have that. And yeah. that being said, um, my sister, I don't know if you've ever heard of
0: Landmark Forum, yeah, Landmark edu- yeah. Education. Actually, my, in New York, sis- I, had a, I had a friend who went through it with his um, girlfriend uh-huh. at the time, and mm-hmm. then they had to call us, and were trying to get us into it and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. My um, sister was doing that for a while, and I was like, that's interesting. Went from this to
1: that. Mm, I see the yeah. similarities. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Just a little <laughs> parallel <Yeah>. shift, <laughs> you know? Um, but she, she was like, really good at it. And she actually worked her way up to uh, the manager of the Atlanta, the whole Atlanta facility. Wow. <laughs> and she was really good at it. Um, she must but, be very um, charismatic. <laughs> she is. She's very charismatic. Her nickname is Sunshine.
0: Uh-huh. Um, well, but that makes my, sense.
1: yeah. But so she was working there right around when my mom passed. And so she invited my dad. She said, dad, you should, you should come check this out. And not everybody is going to go down to the Amazons. And me take some ayahuasca and have a spiritual journey that way. But I will tell you that that corporate setting from my dad was really helpful for him. And he's like taking his third wing wind. He's so youthful, but he's like 76. (laughs) But he's like he's got this youthful spirit about him now. And I think it was because in that moment of like this crossroads of losing his partner of 30 years, he was able to go back into spirituality and like really just like find a new way to provide a service to offer teaching or offer his wisdom to the next generations and so um they neither of them my sister during covid uh, the whole center got laid off and so my sister's Mm -hmm. doing other things now and my dad's doing landscaping he's been doing that for since my oldest brothers are in high school so going on 20 years
0: okay um so wow yeah yeah so, huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting with landmark because i think that like the the philosophies and the the sort of core of it i think is really helpful i mean it's it's like it's therapy basically um no. i think i i think the part that i shy away from is that you're you're constantly forced to bring more, new people in and yeah. uh pay yeah. for you know it just when all the when the money gets wrapped up and it's like mm, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah I, I was like you can't take notes what do you mean you can't take notes you know, like, you yeah there are the some weird rules right yeah <laughs> it's
0: like okay all right I don't have the money for this but
1: I'm super curious about life in general yeah, like it works? Yeah, totally.
0: no you seem like you must have from probably an early age had this thing about you like I feel like there are certain personalities that are so good at like what you did was like to go travel alone and um and you invite you're like a very inviting spirit. And so I can totally see how you went on the journey you went on. Like you have this, like, it's the same <laughs> charisma thing your sister probably has, you know, where like, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. you, I think you're really easy to talk to. And even yeah. when I did your your pod- podcast, the Nani Mama podcast, um, like <laughs> I felt very, I was just like, oh, I can just talk, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I feel like it's, you're doing all the kinds of things you were meant for. And speaking awesome. of, because you're talking about, you know, wanting to be more of service and things like that. Mm-hmm. So starting the um, BIPOC Macrame page in the Black Fiber artist mm-hmm. page, um, how how has that been for you? And like, what? Um, I guess like it's so weird. I I'm gonna come off really stupid, I think, and in terms of these kinds of issues, because it's hard for me, like as a person of color, because I'm Asian, but not knowing quite where I fit in the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Like even things like I was checking out the um, the Black uh, Black Fiber artist profile, and it's like Bipoc and BB. IMP now that we now Mm -hmm. have to change our acronyms now and I don't know I feel like I I have questions (laughs) like I I just don't like know where to even start
1: if it's anything I've also come into a lot of this myself um I didn't know what BBIMP was there's a couple other BIPOC fiber pages that are out there Mm -hmm. and I've just seen what they're doing and as a way to kind of like link the communities I'm like okay I'm going to use both of these acronyms some people understand these some people understand those B-B-I- B-B-I-M-P is black, brown, indigenous, and melanated people. And I mm-hmm. think, I'm not speaking off facts or anything, I think it's because the people of color, colored people, I think that maybe triggers some people in a negative way. So oh, people of, of color. Because of the phrase
0: colored people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, which makes sense. Exactly. I always thought that was kind of weird too. Like, I'm yeah. like, well, you know, you're just changing the phrase around a little bit. How How is one thing okay and the other thing is not? Yeah. Right, you know? right. And we get into so, the semantic stew <laughs> Mm-hmm. That also seems mm-hmm. kind of um, insurmountable, you know, like when it comes yeah. to just like word, the way we word things, and mm-hmm. you know, it's hard because then you want to be careful, but then it it becomes um, mechanical, per- yeah, so like- and it prevents mm-hmm. you from actually opening up because everyone's afraid of using the wrong words yeah. and things like yeah. that, you know, and intent mm-hmm. gets lost. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as a so and me- now it's melanated people, <laughs> so <laughs> like. <laughs> are are asian people? Melanated? I know. Like, I I... Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have I to ask, so. I really honestly don't know. I, I think I so. I guess I consider myself person of color, but then it's like yeah. cuz I'm not. No, yeah. No. Yeah. That? Yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why hence why I have both cuz I was like some people are going to identify with this more and some people will identify with that more and ultimately my intentions, going back to it, is just to create a platform of support. <laughs> yes. um, because when I was, as like I said before, when I first got into Instagram, I didn't know about the community, fiber art communities. Mm-hmm. And now I do. And so as I was getting into it, I was like, oh, wow. Like, oh my God, there's another wet girl. Or oh my God, there's like another person, you know? Yeah. And so I started getting excited seeing people that were like me doing it. And I was like, I wonder if there's others, you know? And right. I was like, So that is a a way to bring the community together and and bring together. Yeah. Bring us all together. Um, And it's nonprofit. Um, Both of the pages I think are just, yeah, they're meant to uh, spotlight people. When I first got into Macrame jewelry, um, there were so many people that didn't even have access to smartphones, let alone like a steady internet service to be able to upload photos and videos Um, And so I was like, it would be nice to give back to these communities that taught me, literally, they taught me everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, so um, this was always, like, an idea of mine to be able to spotlight people that they don't have the best technology or they don't have, you know, but their work, there's some phenomenal macrame work out there. And, like, Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina, Brazil, like, all these South American countries, oh, my gosh, there's – so talented, um, and so I really wanted to be able to give back to a lot of these communities that you won't you w- wouldn't consider like modern or westernized right. places. Um, and so I have noticed big... some of
0: some of the most like beautiful, innovative work is coming out of um, like Spanish speaking countries, mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. I guess or Portuguese, so Central South America mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. Europe. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought
1: it would just be a great way to a create create that community and like I had I had reached out to a couple friends of mine um asking like do you guys do you know shout outs they they have significant platforms do you guys do shout outs in exchange for art or would you be open to it and and a couple people said yes but then the effort that was made was like it was like oh my goodness I just gave you my art and this is like yeah that's value (laughs) exactly okay I'm grateful but like I can't live like this. And so I was like, you know what, we should have our own platform. Mm-hmm. Smart thing. <laughs> we should have our we should have our own space to just like, you know, give each other shout outs from, you know. Absolutely. And I love I love when people reach out if they've got, like, um, a, a release that's happening or if they've got a project that it means a lot to them. They put a lot of work into it. One of the fiber artists, she works with a battered women's shelter, and so she has, like, workshops there and wanted me to help me announce it to see – getting more people to come. Oh, that's um, awesome. So I, I love collaborating with people like that on small projects that they're working on, you know, to really – I want to give people a boost. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give you a boost whenever, but it it really helps if you've got something going on too. Like, let's work together. Let's collaborate on a on a post. And I think the community appreciates it a lot too, to like know what's happening. And yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And that
1: sort of thing. So um, so those 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 pages are both um just support pages. The Naughty Mamas I started because I'm a new mom and I'm a new mom in COVID and don't have mom friends. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought it would be a great way to meet other moms and just, you know, talk about our art, talk about what we do and,
0: you know, about the craziness of our kids (laughs) and all the
1: struggles. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, it's awesome that you started that. I mean, I I honestly, like, it was so cool being on the other end of, um, like, the interviewing part because I don't often get to do that. And, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just, it's, like, so nice to be able to talk about stories that focus around motherhood and making. and mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even, like, telling the birth story and things like that, I was like, oh, that's the first time I've, like, publicly talked about that, which is so nice. That's awesome. That's that you're awesome. giving people, like, the opportunity to talk about, you know, yeah. all things yeah. about motherhood. And speaking yeah. of, like, once you had your baby, so it was about f- 15 months ago or? Yeah, yeah, almost, almost 16. 16, months.
1: Um, okay. On the, on the 10th, it'll be 16 months. Yeah. So, Are you yeah.
0: finding um, – Well, I guess first, how are you finding motherhood? Have you gone, have you like come into it very naturally or was it hard? Did you have any postpartum? Um, I did
1: have some postpartum um, and it was mostly, it was things that I was already like processing before, you Mm -hmm. know, my first trimester was so hormonal. Like it brought up a lot Um, just that, that like deep yearning for community and like Mm -hmm. tribe and like connection with people. I live in Humboldt and it's like, there's a hundred thousand people in the whole county And I don't even know my neighbors, you know, like, so, and not, we're literally in downtown the small city, but it's just like, people are very private and they just do their own thing,
0: Yeah. you know?
1: And I don't have a job out in the town to go meet people, you know? And before when I was go-go dancing, it was a lot of the younger community, like early 20 something. I love them all. Don't get me wrong, but I'm in a different place in my life right now to where I need people that are like
0: either where I'm at or like going to help me keep improving right and well, so, well like what's humble like like I okay so i'll I'll tell you my thing with being a mom and then coming mm-hmm. into a new community because we moved here four mm-hmm. years ago and i was like mm-hmm. for me it's like everything and all the people i've met it's 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 all it has to do with my kids so it's like mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. it they're it's their classmates parents and things like that and we don't always like really like each other that much I, don't, I mean we're all fine and we're friendly <laughs> but I would say that I don't it's not like I It's are besties are no and, and like you know it's <laughs> kind of hard to talk to them um, mm-hmm. because I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm like, maybe I'm just, I'm just really bad. <laughs> like, inter- yeah. maybe I have no interpersonal skills. Like, I don't know what it is. What? But it's what like, all we do be- is like talk about our kids and then their yeah. teachers and the school, uh, school yeah. system or sports. <laughs> like I see them at sports things, right? Like yeah. sports practices and games uh-huh. and stuff like that. And it just feels uh-huh. all very like mundane and boring and bullshitty. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, you know, kill me. But <laughs> it's all the common stuff. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, we,
1: I see that we're all playing soccer together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. and it's like not,
0: I, I don't know maybe it's the community. I'm I'm not trying to shit on my community. Everyone's great. Everyone's friendly and nice. Oh, yeah. But it's like when it comes to like, you know, finding people just like the like-minded um, you mm-hmm. know, artistic, creative, yeah. like sort of yeah. maybe sort of different, like alternative type of person, mm-hmm. I don't find many of that he- many people yeah. like that here. So I wonder is is yeah. Humboldt like like um, They're open minded, and you know,
1: yeah, there are there, like I'm about 30 minutes away from this town called Arcata, and on Arcata, it's very progressive, very open minded, um, sometimes too <laughs> much, <laughs> <laughs> but but there's a little bit of everything on the other side. There's like very conservative, like they're doing Trump rallies left and right up and down the streets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have the university center, HSU, Humboldt state, and they're very into like bio, biology and earth sciences. And, um, Paul Stamets, he's like this, um, ingenuity, guy with mushrooms and like, um, like medicinal mushroom cultures. Like he's from this uh, Pacific Northwest. And so Mm -hmm. he comes down here sometimes and will teach lectures at the university. So there's a lot of like, very open-minded and progressive people living here. And like I said, then the, the other extreme of more conservative old, old, um, I can say old money, but it's more so just the old way of thinking conservative. With like conservative, right? Like land yeah. ownership and like, yeah. you can do what you want on your land.
0: That's, I mean, and that's kind like, of where I am. Like, I mean, where the yeah. people who live around me are like, um, uh-huh. it's a red, ca- it's a red County there mm-hmm. are a lot of farms and it's there's mm-hmm. trump there's still trump signs everywhere like 2024 mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> go let's go brandon bullshit i'm just like oh, uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Enough, uh-huh. you know yeah <laughs> but, yeah
1: yeah yeah there's a little bit out of here and it was so funny i was at a, a gathering for halloween and i was like i'm just excited to move back to georgia because atlanta is very progressive you know mm-hmm. oh you're moving atlanta- back um, yeah, we're playing that's uh uh-huh. We're planning on moving back just because we got the first grandbaby on both sides. My partner's family is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, okay, and so they're also from so the South. We're all we're all in the South. Yeah. And so I have a lot of friends from college that have kids now and they are I get to see them all the time on Instagram with their kids like play dates and we're excited to move oh, back and like yeah. like get
0: him in on all that fun and um that's so, good. We know so we you have- don't have to force any humble Friendships. I don't have to force it I know I
1: know that if I'm patient enough and really just do the work now like there's community that's that's that always been there um that will always be there and yeah. I'm looking forward to reuniting with them. We're just getting through some 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 headway right now. Mark and I met on a farm in Oregon um in two thousand and seventeen and we were both celibate at the time um I left out that that boy that broke my heart launched me into a
0: seven year period of celibacy seven so years? <laughs> when you say celibate does that mean also like no masturbating Um, no i did okay i was like oh my god what did your body do at that point
1: i know you have to do something yeah Uh, you have to do something but um yeah no so i wasn't i would say i had sex twice in seven years and once after five years and then the second time was after two more years after that so it was like just me testing the waters and like. How do I feel about this? What am I? What are my reasons for doing this again?
0: Okay, I'm still right. Wait, were um, were those two times with people you trusted and knew, or was it like truly experimenting? And once,
1: once was with somebody that I trusted and knew, and then the second time, or that was the second time. The first time was just with somebody we were, yeah, in in another country. He was from New Caledonia, (laughs) island in the French Pacific. Was like, oh, whatever, let's do it. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was just, I just—I don't know it was never about not having sex it was more so about meeting some someone that could meet me and respect me you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. like I yeah I've never been one that was like I can't just have sex and be okay with it being the one-time thing but I just I don't know I don't know <laughs> well whatever you experienced with that yeah guy. it it was enough to make me be like I needed a break. Mm-hmm. And um, and now when I met my partner, he had also been celibate for like two and some years. Wow. And so we really, yeah, we connected on that. And we just saw we were both kind of looking for the same thing in a relationship. And we're in Oregon. He was from the South. I was from the South, you know, and both had yeah. like more similar, I don't know, swag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was very organic when we met. It took a couple of years because when we met, we were living in our vehicles, working on other working on other people's properties. And so when
0: you're cutting weed. Mhm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So we were farming and cutting or trimming, you know, um doing a little bit of I everything. Know, I don't know the terminology. I'm like, um yeah. snipping the buds, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I <don't know>. trimming. <laughs> um we we actually helped build the whole infrastructure. I was like driving tractors, digging oh, trenches, wow. like laying the electrical and the piping and all that stuff. so That's It was a cool. like great learning, huge learning experience. Um but in the end it was uh it was like in maybe the second or third year into legalization and, um, just like the fees for regulations or like getting your yeah. property regulated to be able to do it. I mean, you're paying like a quarter of a million dollars a yeah. minimum. Um, and so it's a lot of stress for the administration and the people that really manage these farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and the payout doesn't come usually until the end of the season. Yeah. So you have to have the money up front to pay for everything and basically put it into a hole and then trust that when harvest comes around that you'll be able to sell it. And, um, so just now with like, with legalization on the one hand, it's great because nobody should be putting behind bars for it because it is very medicinal. Um, but uh, when they legalized, big so much red tape. Corpor- yeah, right. the corporations that it opened the door for corporations to come in, people with big money to mm-hmm. be able to clean out, the, basically mar- marginalize the middle class. <laughs> right. Uh, there was a lot of mom and pop, mom and pop farms, like people yeah. that were just paying for their kids to go to college and like, um, they're they're just living very humble lives, you know, but decent. Um, and now a lot of people, if you weren't. Like doing really well. If you were just kind of like getting by, you can't do it anymore because it's so mm. it's so expensive to do that to that degree you now. Right.
0: So, it's so um, hard. yeah, it's yeah, hard because you yeah. would think that legalization would be some kind of pathway to make it better for yeah the smaller business owners or the small farmers mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, uh-huh. just everything is corrupted. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I hate to say capitalism as
1: its because I I daily participate in the capitalist market we with all, my business. We all do. We all do. <laughs> my yeah. purchases, you know, but it's yeah, it's just something we're gonna have to learn to work through um with everything. But yeah, so 2020 was the last time I worked on a pot farm. Okay. I can't I can't do it anymore. The hormones hit and my my whole outlook on life and my um obligations and my what I'm doing has changed yeah my prior, my priorities have shifted and so now I'm just trying to do my business I have a couple like long long-term goals planned out for my business I want to get more into macrame education um and workshops. I've been doing a lot of workshops oh, lately good, here, good, good. here in town. And that's actually been, that's been fun. That's the first time I feel like I'm starting to make community here in Humboldt is with the workshops. Yeah. I have people that are super excited to come and I'm really excited to connect with people that just want to learn and hang out. And So yeah, that's, that's great. Been, a re- uh-huh. this has been a fun chapter.
0: Are you doing both, um, micro macrame? Like, are you teaching jewelry also or just, um, Right now I'm just
1: doing right now. I'm just doing the bigger stuff, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to transition, but, um, got a couple other
0: things that ha- happened first <laughs> yeah well because i was uh-huh. noticing like just look, looking at your instagram feed and stuff um i was noticing a lot of the, mi- the micro macrame that's a little bit lower into your feed but um mm-hmm. yeah uh, or just like whatever in the past but um mm-hmm. but it's so beautiful you know it's that's Thank like a, that's a niche in this industry that i'm not that familiar with and i've never even mm-hmm. tried to really make it other than like you know little friendship bracelets we made in the 80s yeah. or whatever yeah i, I mm-hmm. haven't you know really tried but it's so so intricate and beautiful the kinds of things that mm-hmm. you can do Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I'm, I want to get back into it more. I've taken this break to get into the deco because, um, time for Mm. size, I can do such bigger pieces with, you know, the same amount of time, the little micro macrame, you're using one millimeter string. Mm -hmm. It's so tiny. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's really beautiful. And I love it. Uh, and that's, that's mostly what my community back home knows me for is for the jewelry.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So cool. So what else were like, mm-hmm. what else do you want to do with your business? Where would you like to see it going in, say, five um, years? In five years,
1: um, in five years, I do see myself transitioning. The deco has been fun, but I feel like it is almost a sat- too saturated of a market for me to really make a name for myself. I don't have that. That unique of like a style, you know. I think my I'm you do, more though. unique in my you do. Your
0: color, I have to say, like the way you work with color is, mm-hmm. and the types of palettes you put together is really unique, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. At least as far as the what I see on my feed, and that mm-hmm. is very limited. It's probably limited, to mostly just my customers who tag me. So maybe mm-hmm. everyone else's palette is all the same mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're mm-hmm. using my colors. But yeah. um, but like when I look at the colors you put together, I mean it's different, bold, bold styles like vibrant colors that I don't often see put together. So I don't know. I think you do have kind of a, you do have a unique voice for sure.
1: Well, my, my partner does carpentry. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he's not a carpenter by trade right now, but he is very passionate about it. He's got a whole wood shop in the back. Um, And so he does all my shelves for me. Um, So right now we, he was able to get a bunch of redwood. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of shelves that we're working on. I've already drawn up the designs, Um, but I want to dive more into like, more furniture type decor decor, like functional pieces. Yeah. Um the shelves, I I love them. People really like them. So I think I'm gonna keep going with that's that. Awesome, and yeah. then um we like working with like the exotic woods like, you know, uh yeah. Purple Heart or uh yeah, we've got some really great um, lumber yards here to work with. Oh, so cool. I, th- I think that's if I'm gonna stick with the deco, that's more so the direction I'm heading in is the Things that I can incorporate wood with. Yeah. Um, did you see that half moon golden? I saw wood that. One that is
0: gorgeous. Yeah. That,
1: yeah. I I really like that style. It's more modern, you know. Um, and maybe a little bit smaller. That one was like three,
0: three feet by. That's it, why yeah. I loved it though that it because it was so big. Like I yeah. think people are limited. <laughs> I feel like some people who are trying to work with wood in some sense um mm-hmm. are limited in terms of size, um. Mm-hmm that I think that they can either manufacture or produce or whatever mm-hmm. um so if you're able to make large pieces i think that's actually it's hard for people yeah. to get a hold of that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah. that might be one way to kind of separate yeah. yourself yeah yeah it is yeah. one so, i mean obviously it's harder for anyone buying to purchase it cuz it's going to be more expensive yeah. but um, yeah that's but also and that's those my statement pieces you know
1: i love i love the big ones i've got I've got my plant hanger here, my big oh, old I love tassel it. castle. I love it. This one, it's going on almost one year old since I made nice. it. It was like my first piece after having Raiden. Oh, um, wow. I was like, I really want to do some epic chandelier type. Yeah, yeah, like really vintage <laughs> looking. Hanging. But um, yeah, 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 I love it. I love it. I found a bunch of old vintage patterns on Etsy. There's people selling like old magazines. Yeah, books. yeah, I've seen. I've seen a bunch. You have to like read through the instructions and I'm like, oh goodness. I know, I'm right? I used to write these all the time. Like
0: I'm struggling with like a, a basic tapestry trying to write out the instructions. I know. And following oh. a written pattern. is hard. It's like, I just need video. I'm like, just show me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: When when I get into more tutorials and stuff like that, I, I, I'm I'm going to do the written and the video. Um, for the packets for the packets that i plan to send out i'll have um the instructions and a link to the video nice. included so that's great yeah yeah
0: well yeah. i guess as someone who's sort of gone through such um i mean you've had like an epic life <laughs> it's, been <laughs> it's been such an adventure it sounds like and yeah. um a real you know search for for yourself and your spirituality and um how are how are you feeling these days like has has motherhood fulfilled fulfilled some of these things has it taken away has it been more challenging? i know like from a logistical standpoint obviously more challenging mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um yeah,
1: it's definitely you know, challenging. How's, how's your heart
0: feeling these days
1: my heart feels full uh, my pockets feel empty <laughs> <laughs> so i'm actually like i just had this reflection and i was like you know beginning of the holidays you have to spend more to make more it's like you got a plan for the expected expenses and orders and stuff. And so I'm at that point. I'm like, I just had to order all my string for the holidays. And I'm like, okay, I I have faith. It's going to come back, you know? Um, so I think more of my stress comes from, um, yeah, just being in a one mostly one income household right now. And I just was like, am I giving away too much energy? Like really reflecting, I'm getting so much fulfillment out of everything. It really, it makes me happy when people are, like excited to get featured and like, you know, I made somebody's day just because like I showed
0: them, showed them some love on some posts, you yeah. know, so that's really fulfilling for me, you know? Well, don't um, be afraid and- to hi- to post yourself on your pages. I, yeah. I hope you're doing that. I, I don't know I- that I've even have- seen you
1: doing it a lot. I haven't done it a ton. I've only, I've only shared myself twice.
0: On okay. Page. So I think
1: you're, you are allowed.
0: You are allowed.
1: I am. To yeah. bring yourself some th- love. I think if things don't shift here, I'm going to actually do a little bit of a fundraiser just to let the community know that like this it does cost to manage the pages, the pages mm-hmm. to have the repost, um, apps. Um, and so like just to raise a fundraiser to, to so that we can continue doing it, you
0: yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think i'm gonna plan that for like the next
1: month here or something
0: yeah um i mean because even from like my outside perspective i mean i'm embarrassed to say i so i've been following by the BIPOC macramé page for a while mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so occasionally that comes up on my feed you know how nothing comes up anymore it's like you yeah, never know yeah. what instagram's gonna mm-hmm. give you but um but then it was like i don't think I even followed your personal macrame until today. Uh, and I talked to you. Uh-huh. Last week. I mean, so this is me being spacey, but also <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh-huh. I think it's a sign in a way that um that you have to use all the resources in front of you to yeah. you know, yeah. like do stories yeah. on do like show your face and mention your yeah. own your own um, you know, website and pages and links. Yeah, on all of the pages, that's fair. You're you're yeah. doing the work. You're yeah. putting the work in. You have to get started. You have to bring some of it back to you. Like there's, it's, yeah, it's equitable that way. Honestly, yeah, you know, because, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to, like I said, find that balance
1: and, mm. um. I'm, I'm happy with motherhood. I love being a mom. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to find the balance of like giving and allowing myself to receive, Yeah, you know? Cause I think on the one hand it's like, Oh, people will want to give organically, but well, they won't, they won't know to give. They I won't know. Ask, I think you know, so.
0: Yeah. Um, they won't know. Yeah, and you can't, you can't give unless you are full too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. there's a saying, mm-hmm. I don't know it. And I always butcher saying, yeah. so I'm not, but it's like, you can't, it's, it's if your cup is empty you have you won't have anything to give you know yeah yeah true so. yeah yeah that's
1: very true yeah. um so
0: yeah that's just where i'm at right now but i i
1: have faith that i'm working on some really fun designs right now um uh, i'm actually working on my first uh utility belt oh cool <laughs> for a friend. Um. And I'll, I should be done with that by next week. Um, and another uh, medium scale plant hanger similar to this, but different.
0: Nice.
1: So I'll get to make another design on that. Um, yeah. I i don't know. I just have a positive outlook. Just, I trust things will uh, line up as they need to. And um, it's good to have the reflection moments and be real with myself and say, okay, I've forgiven a lot.
0: Let's reel it back in, you know. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure.
0: <laughs> um. And where, uh, when are you going to try to move back to Georgia?
1: Um probably in like a year or two. Okay. Um my my boyfriend is uh a probation.
0: Oh, so you can't uh, move in. is it
1: contingent, yeah, we're,
0: contingent on that?
1: It's a, it's contingent on that. Um he kind of we just start he just Stop smoking weed just now, so that whenever he wants to go, like say, "Hey, can I get off probation?" Like if they need a drug test, him, he'll be fine. But he he just checks in over the phone right now. Okay, it's super. Mi- it was like a nonviolent offense. It was super minimal, but he still has to go through all the processes. Right, right. Um, so at this point, it was nice because he got a really good job once we re- got pregnant, and we've just been saving and like I don't know, just like growing um, uh, as a family and. I would like to get everything just dialed in because I would like to have another baby yeah. <laughs> here, in the, here in the next year, year and a half. Um, but I want—I don't want to put that stress on me if, um,
0: if I'm like not ready yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally understand that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's in the future for you, I'm sure though. You're going to get it all yeah. figured out. And tell me if I can, you know, like always message me, feel free to, message me if you need anything and if you thank like, you. you know a little boost here or whatever um thank you, know, you. I, I, I love what you're doing that. i think you know thank you. highlighting like with your um with the black fiber artist page and that bipoc macramé page and i mean i think all of it is it is a beautiful service something that um you know it's it's great that you're doing it and thank I you think so, <laughs> so we got to get some good energy coming back to you too so. yeah thank you
1: yeah. thank you um yeah maybe i'll plan something here a little fundraiser, but, yeah, holiday, like, shout out to say hey to everyone and share my work again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I get so shy about it. No, like I, I know. I, can, I know. I can promote it's hard, other people all day. I'm like, yeah, you go. My mom was a cheerleader all throughout college. and <laughs> So, like, I inherited her to her, <laughs> her, cheer, her cheerleader spirit. Like, I love cheering people on. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to cheer myself on sometimes. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. I I, mean, I feel the same way sometimes. But we got to get over it, you know. You yeah, going, yeah. Hey, but I'm here too, and I need yeah. I need it. I in order for me to keep doing this, like we gotta, you know, yeah. we gotta bring some good yeah. stuff back to you. So That's anyway, um, Aurora, thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, thank you, Cindy. Yeah. Uh, one more time, if you can just let people know where they, where to find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at string and hearts. Um,
1: my Etsy is String and Hearts Macra M A C R A. I couldn't get the full macrame, but um, and my website is stringandhearts.com. Okay, awesome.
0: And, oh, and are you taking um, are you taking uh, commissions right now or anything? Or are you just working? Um, I, I won't be taking commissions until I can get these other two orders out of the way. Okay. Um,
1: so probably in the next week or two, I'll be reopening for commissions. Okay.
0: You know, by the mm-hmm. way, you
1: can tell people
0: it's a six-week wait. Yeah, yeah. Just so like you can, you have the deposit, you could get a deposit in uh, financially, true. like okay. this is the way to do it. So when I was doing, um when I was doing all commission-based work, I would, it was uh-huh. like 50% d- deposit and uh-huh. my uh-huh. Wait, lead time was six to eight weeks. Um, okay. Because it was all big, really okay. big pieces. Um. So yeah. sometimes, yeah. I mean, it was a little stressful to have that list. Yeah. But also, yeah. um, from a financial perspective, more secure. Yeah, it
1: gets gets you so, going. When I have an order, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. if I don't have an order, I'm like,
0: well, I have all this art.
1: Should I make another reel to show the same piece again? Like, you know. Yeah. It's like, how do I re
0: re um repurpose this art that I already have? You right, know. So right. um, And just and I'm, just um yeah no from a financial point mm-hmm. like. Uh, you, you just also never know. It's like it secures the order a lot more if they have a fifty yeah. percent down. Uh-huh. You know, oh, then total, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, then you know at least I you have the money the... to buy the string. And yeah, I learned that the hard way. I yeah. can't do without a deposit. Good, but good, 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 good.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate all yeah. the tips, and I'm really glad we've sure. been able to connect. <laughs> yeah, me more. too. Me too. Yeah. All right. Thanks Thank Aurora. you. I'll
0: be talking to you. Thank you, Cindy. Okay. All righty. Bye. bye. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on naromastudiocom slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.